Welcome to the Expand with Nicole podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hope, a health and breathwork coach who is passionate about all things wellness. My goal is to break down big information into little bites, providing you with facts and actionable steps that you can incorporate into your life right away. If you're ready to learn along with me, let's get started. We are back with another episode and I'm here with Billy Woodmancy, who is a movement and performance coach, also a holistic nutrition and wellness coach. We both went to IAN. That's not how we know each other, but um, we have that commonality. And also a co-founder of LifeSync, which focuses on corporate wellness and like a 360 degree approach to wellness, right? So, which we all need. And before we started on the record recording, Billy and I were talking about the importance of just wellness and how stress can affect our physical health. Um, so we're going to be focusing on that today. Billy, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit um, and maybe elaborate yeah. on how you got to where you are now with this niche? Because I think it's really important. Yeah. yeah. So I'm Billy. It's nice to see everybody here. And I, about 16 years ago, started in the industry as a personal trainer and I was lucky enough to have my first start in an amazing gym called Pro Edge Performance Training, which is no longer open. But what our niche was there was we catered to high level athletes of all ages. I was lucky, I say, because I got to learn on professional athletes. So for a long time, that was my life is refining the athlete's movement, getting them stronger. And over that time, um, I just kept learning in the industry. And I started seeing like our general population come in and our athletes come in. I'm like, really the only thing that differs from these two populations are the job demands and the salary. But really everyone to the successful CEO, to the successful athlete, they all prioritize the same thing. Like, what am I, what should I be putting into my body to feel the best? How should I be moving to feel the best at what, what my specific job demands are. So I came up with the brand lifestyle athlete. And that's like, you work with me outside of corporate wellness. You're the light, you're working with the lifestyle athlete. And when you hit landmarks, you get a cool lifestyle athlete shirt. Um, then from there, I started really dialing into the movement side of things. And uh, sorry, I had a fly. Um, in, then I realized, okay, we're born and designed to move a certain way that typically modern day training methods uh, kind of break that code and put us into straight line movements. But really, if you look at the fascial linings of the body, there's not a straight line. It's all spiral. And so started learning, uh, going deeper into movement and exploring that. Then I started kind of piecing it all together with IAN and stuff when really it's like everything's connected. And during my time with athletes and, and CEOs, one of them just gave me a jump start and said, Hey, I feel really good. I'd like to offer this to the people I work with. Would you be interested in setting up a corporate wellness program for me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Because in my mind, I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, people like to work out and stuff like that. Well, no, that, that wasn't the case. So 
the first struggle was going to a population, going from a population of people that wanted to be there to a population where people were like, don't make me sweat. Like don't, don't. And so you have to get buy-in and stuff like that. So the movement side of things really helped because it was unwinding people from straight line movements and they started feeling better. And then it's like, if you give a mouse a cookie, they're going to want some milk. So it's like, well, now I'm moving better. So yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll try those burpees that you're doing or something. I mean, that's extreme. No, nobody likes, nobody yeah. likes burpees. <laughs> um, but I started seeing them from there, how it's all connected. Like, okay. Person A is prioritizing looking good, right? Person B is prioritizing feeling good, but there's a gap. And that gap is supremely important to overall um, like quality of life and wellness because we were taught this in our and you can drink all the green juice and you want. If you're not right up here, you're, there, there's going to be some dis-ease somewhere in your life, which may turn to illness uh, one way or another, physically or mentally. And to the people that were doing that, I got to offer the kind of, way of decompressing the mind and then to the people that were like the other way on the other end of the spectrum so there's this end of the spectrum that end of the spectrum in the middle the other end of the spectrum looked a lot like yeah you know i do breath work i do meditation and stuff but i'm not i'm not a workout person it's like well okay but there you still wake up with back pain so you can meditate all you want you can breathe all you want but if you're not moving your body productively then you're still going to end up with some sort of dis-ease that may turn out to be like, hey, you're going to need a hip replacement at a certain age, a knee replacement at a certain age, or you have chronic body pains. So the people in the middle were the ones that jump in and out of both boats, but at different times. It's like, okay, um, I'm, I'm just, you know, now I'm in a phase of just like mindset and breath work. And then they would jump in. They're like, okay, now I really want to like put on muscle or gain or lose a lot of weight. It's like, okay, well, if we marry the process, then you have complete wellness. So that's what I've been specializing with. I partnered with uh, one of my good buddies who, who actually taught me the art of decompression and movement. His name is Cody Wood. He's an occupational therapist. I don't know if I said that twice, but um, when we got together and started producing LifeSync, it was a movement, 360 degree movement for corporate wellness that turned into just, hey, this is a great tool that any coach could have in their toolbox. But that's, we started that a little over a year ago, um, picking up steam now. And uh, that's, that's my, that's my intro. So I think it's interesting because obviously we're both in the wellness space. So not that we assume, but we're around so many people who are interested in mental and physical wellness. And I think that a lot of times it's like, oh yeah, like everyone knows this, this, and this, right? But so many people are, A, don't know it, B, are not practicing it. You know what I mean? So it's like our, I think our like wellness bubble feels like, oh, it's so big and expansive, but like really it's small. And there's so many people out there that do not have the tools that they need. Right. And they're embarrassed to admit that. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I like to say the wellness industry and the fitness industry is very popular in lip service. But like you're saying, 
putting it into practice in their life. Yeah. It's like, they, they just don't know. So, you know, when you don't know something, you don't want to feel like a dummy or you're just, I don't want to learn. Yeah, exactly. So I know that we, you, so you've been mentioned mentioning decompression. So let's just start off by being like basic about this and okay. explain what you mean by compression and decompression. Cause you also mental mentioned it mentally. And I know you also mean it physically. So like, can you break mm-hmm. that down a little bit? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So Compression and decompression alters ergonomics in a workplace. And to like supreme layman term, ergonomics are just how you're carrying your body while you're doing something. Okay. So physically, what compression would be is to the sitting population, it would be like hunched over, shoulders, tech neck, you know, the chins dropping. And what that does is it tightens up the body. So compression, just think of like supremely tight in certain areas. Decompression would be as, as simple as you could do it, unwinding the system, resetting the system and bringing your body back to its natural back chain dominant moving. And the, the how it's all married is take mindset out of it for right now. Just We'll just look at physical. If I'm tight and my back hurts, right? I'm thinking about that, right? So throughout the day, there's subconsciously, it's like, man, you know, it's taking up bandwidth. So bringing the mental part into it, it's, you're not understanding how your discomfort is, is compressing a thought process. It's, it's taking up bandwidth, right? Crunching it in. So being able to decompress the body by way of movement and uh, different stretches, if you want to call them, that helps free up the mental space. Because now during somebody's work day, they are able to operate with proper ergonomics and they're training their subconscious now to complain less. And those complaints now free up the bandwidth mentally. So now they can direct that mental, mental energy towards whatever they need to direct it at. And what, what I like to say, and why I really love the owner um, of Timmy Triggers, which is here in Arizona, they're like world-renowned aftermarket gun manufa- gun trigger manufacturers, is he didn't, he didn't hire me to increase productivity. That was a byproduct. He hired me to increase the happiness of people's lives once they left the outfit. Right. And I thought that was really cool because, you know, you, you think like a, a high level CEO and owner of a big world renowned business, they want, they want to turn and burn. Right. But as we started going through the process, it's like, man, these people's numbers are going up. Like, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool byproduct. So to tie that up in a bow, decompression is the act of unwinding mentally and physically. Compression is the act of crunching or tightening mentally and physically. So what areas of the body do you feel are most commonly affected by compression? I could guess, but go ahead. I mean, that like back shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Back shoulders. um, So the way that we dissect it is we go in and we will 
do a department screening and then we'll classify people, sitters, standers, movers, pivoters. Okay. The the movers and standers, we see a lot of low, low back, lower extremities to the low back down to the knees, the ankles, um, tight hamstrings, um, to the sitters and even like pivoters, pivoters meaning like I can be sitting and I'm constantly like moving Mm. this way. You see low, you see like low back to upper extremity. So those, the, the main things that I treat a lot are back stiffness and pain and, uh, knees and ankles. I guess you get their shoulders in there. So kind of treat the whole body just depends on what their daily demands are, but America's plagued with back pain. So I'll, I'll go with that to give you a one, one yeah. lane answer back pain. And probably hips too, right? Or like. I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like I always have hip pain, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, so what, so, I mean, we're talking about the workplace. We're all in a workplace or not, we're all, but you know, or we're working from home. I actually working. saw something yeah. the other day, which was like in 10 years, this is what the remote population will look like. And it was someone hunched over with like forward head posture. It was like a crazy visual. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. this is probably like, Billy might love this, but um what are like some of the common causes obviously being hunched over a computer was would definitely lead to compression right but like mm-hmm. what are some other things because you said standing i mean you would think like okay if we're standing and moving around that's a good thing but is it because we're not our posture is incorrect or like what's the yes. cause there yes so when fatigue sets in we typically tend to droop then like to answer your question directly technology that's what's really causing this is because this gets fatiguing. So your body wants to take the path of least resistance. It wants to make it easier. So we just keep going this way. Then if you're, if you're in the body's highly moldable. So if you, whatever patterns that you're putting in to your central nervous system and your posture the most, that's what it's going to mold to. So, you know, you wake up, you're checking your phone. You go and check emails. Then you go into your workplace and you're sitting, typing. So a solid eight hours out of that day, I have people in this hunched over position. So what's happening is we're loosening up like our back chain muscles. They're getting longer, right? So this will lead me into a good point. Compression isn't all bad. Sometimes you need compression to tighten up a muscle. The the idea is the balance of it. So technology, the way that just our lives are um, set up through technology puts us in this pain position, right? So this is the cause of all this. So to a stander, somebody standing, what you can't see my feet, but so I'll use my hands. So you'll get, you might start out with straight feet, but then as fatigue sets in, this starts going out. And now you mentioned your hip pain. Well, you're, you're now really good at external rotation of the hip, but you've lost internal rotation of the hip because now we're standing, we're thrusting our hips towards the counter because we're trying to take the fatigue away. Like your body's intuitive to, all right, I'm going to use a crutch here and there. But where we come in is we say, okay, use the crutch just fine, but keep your glutes behind your ribs and keep those shoulder blades retracted back. So it's it's always an equation based on what, 
um, what their daily demands are. Like I was saying, is okay. What do we need to? What do we need to tighten? And then what do we need to loosen? Typically, we need to open up the chest and tighten. Get gets more activation in the scaps. So you've mentioned back chain a couple times, and I know what this is because we've talked before. But can you just explain what that is for people who don't know what that means? Yes. So back chain dominance is moving, moving from your posterior musculature. So you can look at like a push or a punch is probably the best example. Is if I'm pushing a door open, I'm the energy is coming from the back of my shoulder from the ground up through the back going forward. We've put that in the front. So we've been operating largely like front chain, but look where I'm at. If I'm pushing with my chest here versus here, right? So back chain dominance, you would know that you're in a good back chain dominant position. Your shoulder blades are retracted back down into your back pockets. Your toes are straight and your glutes are behind your rib cage. We scoop and take that out, which underactive glutes can be a cause of back pain because you're putting all the pressure in the hips in the front of your hips. There's nothing protecting back here to get a loose belt on. Okay. And if anyone watches, I mean, after this, they maybe will follow, be following your people who do follow you know, will know that a lot of what you focus on are your feet. Yes. Like in your videos yes. on Instagram um, Correct. Yeah. So, and you talked about that before with like the hip pain. So does that, does shifting, um, I guess the posture of your feet yeah. eliminate compression or is that just like a general no, that's, like, that's strategy a for I'm wellness? I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. So I, I don't, in this industry, you don't really want to speak in absolutes because it's studies come out left and right. Yeah. But the majority, if not all, dysfunction starts from where your body meets, your body and gravity interact. That's your feet. So being that everything I just spoke about, how your body, when you get tired, you start losing your optimal positions, you'll go into your suboptimal positions or your pain position. The feet... You have an arch in your foot, which most people due to modern day conveniences like shoes, beds, chairs, mainly shoes in this instance, they wear, you know, high, high art support or there's some sort of support. But if I put you in bed and I was like, Hey, for this next year, I, you, I don't need you doing anything. I'm going to, I'm going to wait on you hand and foot. The only thing that like you, you have to go get a drink of water, I'll wheelchair you, but I don't need you to move. You're not going to be, you're going to lose muscle. You're going to lose coordination. You're going to lose everything. So when we put our feet into very comfortable shoes, it doesn't give it any incentive to work. So what I like to do is I'm using my hand as the foot. You, you want, we're taught to push off the big toe, the big toe in my world, isn't a conductor of force. It's a transfer of force. It's there to transfer force and balance. Your prime mover is going to be on the ball of your foot underneath your, we'll call it third, fourth, and fifth toe. When you can get that pressure out here, it operates more like a hand. 
like you have more control and you're able to maintain an arch. So the arch comes in like a bridge system. If you collapse any bridge, everything on top of it is going to go in that direction. So if we're standing and we, and we have low arches and we start going in here, our knees are going to follow and that's referred to the valgus. So you're walking and let's say you take 10,000 steps a day in suboptimal positions, that dysfunction is going to work its way up your kinetic chain, which typically what I see with people that walk with like knock knees are the hip and low back pain. But then once it's done all of its service there, they're going to get in the, the opposite shoulder is going to start dropping. So everything's going to be caving down into that position. So having good foot and ankle control is in my opinion, the number one thing that someone should focus on if they're having back pain. And I don't mean like ditch your comfortable shoes and go straight to minimalist shoes because that would be like, you have never done any sort of exercise and I put you under a heavy bench and I'm like, all right, we're going to rep this out every day, all day. I mean, you're going to have some distress there. So if I could give your listeners a a foot health tip is – If you're finding that your foot is flat on the ground, you can look at it and see if there's no space in the arch and it's just straight flat, get a good shoe with zero heel drop, but has good cushion. Wear those two days out of the week. See how your feet feel. They feel good. Increase that. Uh, Wide toe box is also very important. So zero heel drop and a wide toe box because if you crunch the toes up, They can't splay. We're meant for our toes to splay because that's where the balance comes in. If I mold your feet like this, you're going to rock one one way or another. Are you barefoot right now? No, but I have a, I have a zero heel drop shoe. What is, what is that? Wide toe. This one's ultra. My favorites are flux footwear, ultra and uh, zero are good. There's a Vivo Barefoot's also really good, but like zero doesn't offer much cushion. So like for me, I'm, I'm moving a lot. Like I'll wear those to the gym, but then I'll put like a more cushion um, sole on if I'm moving around. But when I'm in like a gym setting, I'll have no shoes on typically. I often. I also don't wear shoes. I am barefoot Good. right now, but, um, and I work out with no shoes on too. I work out at home so I can do that, but um, yeah, that's great. I often like get in my car to go somewhere and then get there and realize I have no shoes on and I have to like keep a pair of flip-flops in my car. Cause I wear, I don't wear shoes like really at all. I mean, in the winter, obviously, but around the house, I don't like, I know. And also like when I do yoga, there's a focus on splaying the toes which I've done yoga for a long time, but you know, I remember like when I started it and so they were like, okay, spread your toes. And I was like, what? But now I understand the importance of it. Yeah. Um, It, it frees it up. That's a, that's a form of compression, right? You can't, if you can't, if you don't have foot or toe control, your feet are compressed. And then where there's compression, it's going to, it's going to find its way up. I mean, I can pick up stuff with my toes. I feel like I'm, I'm doing okay, but not, I mean, that's not great. great. <laughs> not totally great. No, it's that's not like, good. That's good. <laughs> um, too much information probably, but anyway. Okay. So the foot control obviously is really important and I will 
I think everyone should go watch your videos because it's really like you give a lot of good tips there on how to work on the feet. What about people who walk? Cause you talked about like the knock knees, but what about people who walk like with their feet out? Like, I think I do that actually. Those are, so that, that's an indicator that you, you're really good at externally rotating the hip, but not good at internally rotating the hip. So we can turn out, but turning in. So when you're sitting, like, look at your feet right now, are they straight or are they out? Um, I have my legs crossed, so it's not like a good indicator, but yeah, I think I usually sit with them straight forward though. Yeah, you're going to see. So when I was saying not, let me actually no, I, I definitely not, sit with them out. Yeah. Well, most people yeah. do. I mean, that's, that's the comfortable position. Mainly like if like guys typically have it a little worse than girls because we're not taught like sitting manners. So like I just yeah. sit with their legs spread open and their feet out, you know, mm-hmm. but to answer your question, when you see like excessive external rotation of the foot, that there you have people that are patterning with hip thrust so they they probably walk around with those glutes underneath their ribs so the second tip i would offer is just focus on walking with your feet straight don't overthink it and if that feels funny it's because you're trying to walk forward in reverse posture right so if my hips are underneath my glutes are underneath my ribs you see which direction i'm going right going backwards, but I'm trying to walk forwards, you're creating compression there. So if it's feeling funny with your feet walking straight, drop your glutes behind your ribs and that you'll have an easier release of pressure because now I'm going from my feet going forward and the rest of my body going backward to forward locomotion. Everything's forward. So so drop the glutes behind the ribs and keep the feet straight. But I have a lot of videos. The majority of my videos are to help increase internal rotation of the hip. Like you see, like I just had my dad on my story. Yeah. He has two hip replacements. Yeah. And like my staples, I call it a dragonfly drop in. And that's where you have, you're almost in a modified pigeon pose. Um, And you're just taking that hip and you're dropping it back and away. What that's doing with your foot in the right position is that it is helping increase that internal rotation of the hip. And that helps that helps fix your feet from here to straight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think a lot of people complain about shoulder pain, like mostly. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone is like, I'm so tight in my shoulders and my neck and whatever, right? And obviously that's a posture, like something too with our posture, but... Can you speak to that type of pain? Um, maybe some like tips for that or just like we know yes. people are at their computers. So like what should they be doing? I mean, it's like hard to fix. So every 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, set a timer. So what I do with people at work, um, set a timer, say like when that goes off, I need you to get, we have like um, mobility stations in, in all their areas and you'll get like a band, you could use a pole and start with the, I hit my 1980s chandelier off. So you're going to start with the band above your head and then keep your glutes back behind your ribs and then just pull that band down and get your shoulders squeezing together, pull that band down 
and then bring it back up five times every 20 to 30 minutes. And what that's going to do is that's going to give your central nervous system a different movement posture with your shoulders because you're going to go from here to here. You also want to keep your, your chin tucked. So the shoulder issue, I blame solely on uh, tech. tech. You're either on your phone in a closed off position, you're on your computer, closed off position, you're in a phone call. So getting up and decompressing the shoulders in that way, a band or a pole, you just kick it behind your back, proud chest, squeeze the shoulder blades, keep the glutes behind the ribs. Like each rep should take about five full seconds. Just do five. Every 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it'll make a huge difference in your shoulder pain. Is that similar if you put your hands in like a door jam and then stretched forward? Do you know what I'm saying? Like step yeah. forward into that? It is, but what what the bands offer you is a controlled resistance. Let me see. Get so with the door thing, it's just pulling. It's pulling open your chest. That's good. That's part of the shoulder decompression because we're real compressed right here. So that if you don't have a band and stuff, would be a second. That would be your next best option. But the band helps you kind of control the range of motion in a spiral fashion. Here we're just in a straight line back, right? So if I can pull that band back, I'm able to kind of create little um, semi-circles with my shoulders. And what that's doing is that's really kind of like grinding the gears in the right way. You're trying, you're getting back there. Whereas your pec stretch in the door is great if that's all you have. But there's it's a fixed position, which is what we're trying to get out of. We want to move the blood around. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess now going back to your previous point about like everything is kind of a spiral and then we're unwinding it. So instead of being in that fixed position, we do need to like do some rotation, right? Like that's the whole point here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's keeping the um, the fascia healthy. It's moving, moving, the, moving the joints around. Because it, like your shoulder joint, it's, it's a ball socket. So like it's supposed to move in mm-hmm. all directions, right? Um, versus your knee, you don't want your knee moving in too many different directions. Right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, so the, the overhead, we call it backside pull, five of those, each rep taking about five seconds every 20 to 30 minutes makes a world of difference in shoulder pain. Second best option, get to the door. Okay. Because everyone, even, yeah, everyone has the door. Yeah, you can even slide in there. But where, I don't like to start people there because if you're super compressed here and then you get to a door frame that doesn't move and then you're trying to like, well, you can pull something. Like you don't want to strain your AC joint or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Again, it's like you forget how tight people are. And then like if that's their first time doing it, like I'll jump into the door. Honestly, when I can't sleep, I'll like, besides doing breathing, I jump into like the door, door jam and I just like stretch out and then I lay back down. Yeah. Yep. So the doorway is like, that's a good place to where you can get, if I have my door frame right here, if I put my butt to one side and extend my hands to the front and then just think my, I want to drop my belly button down to the floor that's a really good spinal decompression, which would be yeah, the yeah. second part of what's causing the shoulder pain is your thoracic spine stuck, right? So being able to create 
this position here. If, if I'm able to, in that door frame, again, I have, oh, look, if you use the window seal, like if that's here, I kind of put my butt towards window seal and then I reach forward to the front and then take five big decompressive breaths, taking my belly button down to the floor, that decompresses your spine which aids to keeping your glutes behind your ribs because part of that equation is a stuck spine. Yeah, it's interesting too that you brought in breathing because I love breathing um, exercises, but a lot of people don't know how to do a belly breath. So, so like breathing and thinking about your belly going to the floor is so important in that decompression, right? Absolutely. So I don't necessarily... Very rarely will I say, I want you to hold this for X amount of seconds or a minute. And the reason I don't is one, people even without ADD develop ADD because they're like, I don't want to sit here for two minutes. Like Mm -hmm. I got stuff to do. So it's kind of a psychological trick where I could say, all right, if you give me five breaths, six seconds in, eight seconds out, you're kind of buying 30, 45 seconds, but their mind, they're able to it's just, there's a psychological difference of, man, I'm stuck here for this amount of time versus, oh, it's only five breaths. Okay. Six seconds in, eight seconds out. Again, don't do the math on it, but just breathe. Right. And Um, then they're focusing on the breath instead of focusing on that they have to sit and do an exercise. Second point. Yeah. And third is it's not, it's, you want to build, especially in corporate America, but really with anybody, it's not, it's like the power of a hundred hours. Like if you just do like three minutes a day in the course of a year, you've came a long way. Right. So I like to set people up for success by way of daily dose. Like, Hey, it's only five breaths. Once you get in this position, really focus in that, give them the physical cues, but giving them a, giving them a rep number with a breath, with a breath count way, way more, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Manageable for people them. People can stick. Like... Yeah, yeah. It's way more manageable for them. And psychologically, they're not they're not like, man, I got to do that again for that amount of time. It's funny because it's like similar to in the breath work, like you take over 20,000 breaths, you know, a day. So it's like, could you focus on 1% of those, which is like, can you just focus on 200 breaths, like doing throughout your entire day, like solid intentional breaths like it would make the biggest difference ever you know so it's just like trying to break it down where it doesn't feel so overwhelming people just don't want to jump into something that they're not comfortable with and you know it just feels very daunting yeah and um like you're you're big into breath but the third part of that would be why i like the breath versus just the hold is most people when they're in stress like i'm holding this you know, crazy hamstring stretch or whatever shoulder stretch for a minute will hold their breath, like gut through it. Yeah. And, and your exhale is the decompression component. That's almost as good as somebody doing it for you. Like you can really get a good, you can free it up. Then on your inhale, I say, okay, now hold that space, hold the space on the inhale, deeper in the exhale. And it's almost like they can now through their breath, see their body getting longer and that's decompression right there yeah i just did breath work with like one-on-one recently and after i did some breathing exercises she was like i feel like i'm like 
taller. Like my posture, I'm like, yeah. And that's what this is, right? You're like just unwinding. We really want 100%. So besides, okay, we've gotten to like a couple of things with like exercises and tips, but what are some other decompression, like, or just other approaches to decompression? Like, I mean, do you like suggesting just stretching yoga? Like, is anything have to do with our diet or like our, like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So nutritional decompression looks a lot like refined sugar, processed foods. What that does is it takes, so you're the body being just insanely smart and adaptable. When you first start putting these things, these compressive foods, fine sugar, highly processed foods in your body, unnatural foods, we'll just call call them, excuse me. Your body goes through this period where it's like, well, I don't know what to do with this. Like my, I'm used to regulating, extracting what I need and eliminating what I don't. But now I have this whole different science experiment going in that is the food-like product. And now it, it just freezes. It like throws a wrench in the system. So that is the nutritional compression. And when that happens, you're not eliminating it. So it's, it's in there. And then when it's in there, it's rotting. And I, I use the trash can analogy. So we've all lived in a college house or you visited like a boy's college house and they don't take their trash out. So there's like this kind of like wafting odor that goes through the house, right? And they can take the trash out and the odor clears up, but it's not gone. There's like this stale, like, okay, yeah, what, what did you not, what did you not do? Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't clean the inside. I just took the liner out, right? So in your body, what, if you keep that analogy in mind, when you're eating an excessive amount of food-like products, it's going to stay in there and rot. And then that's going to bring out gases and all this stuff, right? And then what does everybody do when they don't feel good? And someone says, you should do a cleanse. It's like, okay, well, now I'm going to go to a supplement, which most of them are science experiments. And, and I'm not like, I'm not throwing shade on supplements. They're great for nutritional gaps. Choose the right ones. But your best detox and cleanse is through whole foods. So they go and they do these these supplement-based detoxes. Kind And when, when they're saying they're cleaning their diet up, it's really calling it what it is, is they're eating less of the food-like products, but they're not incorporating real food in. So their body, because of what the supplements are designing it to do, they're eliminating and they're cleansing, but there's still that odor on the carpet and in the walls. They're, they haven't fully got it done yet. So all of that odor and stuff turns you grumpy, right? And so that's where you start getting into like the mind de- the, or the mind compression. Now, if somebody's stuck at work all day, they're constant. They're not ever taking mental breaks. They're not taking physical breaks. They're just compression, compression, compression. Okay, I'm going to shovel this food-like product in my mouth. I'm going to go back to these suboptimal positions. There's now this create this um, compound effect now of what's what's happening internally, what's happening externally, physically, and now that's created a tornado in the mind. So now I'm anxious. 
or now I'm depressed or now, you know, and I get those are real things. I'm not saying like, oh, hey, for everybody, if you cleaned up your diet, you're going to lose this. Like I get there are there are outside cases, but most people that think that they have like anxiety or depression, if you really roll back the curtain of their lives, they're eating food like products. They're not moving their bodies productively and they're not taking like mental breaks. So they're not what we know as primary food or I call soul fuel. They're not, they're not consuming any of these things that help naturally detox your body. So that my long winded answer for that is if you eat crap, you're going to feel like crap. And if you don't move, you're going to put that crap feeling on steroids. And then if you don't take mental breaks, you're going to give those steroids steroids. Yeah. And that's why you're focused on this 360 degrees approach, because it really does take effort into each area to feel good. Like you said, it's not like if I do breath work, which I love and it's amazing, but I don't work out, I still don't feel good. Like I have to work out to feel good. And I hadn't been to yoga in a while and I wasn't really stretching and I was just kind of like busy and I, my hip was killing me. Like, I mean, I couldn't even, I like couldn't take a step. So I went to yoga, did like hot yoga fully, like did an hour plus, you know, and like the next day I'm like, oh, I feel fine. Like I just, my body just needed to stretch and it's like, you have to give your body what it needs, but it's also mental too. Like you can't just expect that. Like you said, if you're lifting weights every day, that you're going to feel good. Like that doesn't help. You need to have this well-rounded wellness, you know, but like for people who aren't in this space and don't like, don't know what to, where to start. They're listening to your tips. Like, do you think it's important to seek professional guidance or like, are there precautions people should be aware of if they're starting, just like want to start these techniques on their own from what they're listening to now? That's a great, that's a great, uh, point to bring up um most people turn to quick fixes and that looks like in our day you're influencers and again i'm not demonizing anybody or anything i'm an influencer so what you want to look out for is putting your foot on the gas too fast and what a lot of people do is they'll go and they'll say oh well i saw this guy on instagram do this stuff and maybe I should try it. But like I said, like go back to the door frame thing. Well, if you're super compressed here and then you're trying to move your shoulders back and away in a fixed place that's giving no give, you might tear something and create even worse distress. So well, like on my page, I try to pride myself on doing like it looks it looks complicated, but when you get into the position, it's not heavy. Like most of the stuff, the heavy stuff I do people are, have been coaching with me, but the tip that I would offer is start small. If you're in a, if if you're experiencing pain, definitely hire somebody to help you. Like it's going to be way cheaper than a surgery. Um, I promise, you know, you'll, you'll never regret hiring a good coach. So my, my go-to is If you're really tight, hire a coach. If you're a fitness enthusiast and you're lifting a lot of weights and you're like, you know, I could benefit from a mobility routine. Like, let me look at this person or that person's. Listen to your body because it shouldn't be painful 
to like at a 10. And it's like, that's not good for you. It's like, where it's like, oh man, this just kills. Like it can be challenging, but it should not hurt. And if it does hurt, stop it immediately. And DM the DM the influencer. Say, hey, this hurt. Like you're gonna you're gonna see their worth really quickly. Like, are they gonna are they gonna engage back with you? And then if they don't, there's plenty of influencers out there that will answer your question. Um, but the other thing that I would say is because when you take it as a 360 degree approach, that's a good thing to have in the back of your mind. But that can be overwhelming to a lot of people. What what I've learned is. If you find a buy-in, like for you, it would be breath work. Like we kind of did it here where you're like, you had an aha moment with when I was explaining like breath work and decompression, you link that together because of your knowledge. But I would take you and I'd say, okay, like, tell me about the breath work you do. Right. And then I would slowly start kind of micro dosing movement in conjunction to your breath work. So then you're like, okay, I feel really good. That's going to buy me as the coach you as the client, the next step, like that next chain for the 360 degree or that other 180 degrees. But when people try to like do it all once, they're like, I'm going to clean my diet up. I'm going to work out five days a week. And I'm going to meditate every day for at least 30 minutes. It's like the second that their day isn't conducive to that, it's like three months later, they're back at the same thing. I'm going to clean up my diet, Mm -hmm. work out five days a week. And I'm going to meditate for 30, 30 days. So my tip would be like, find one thing that you're interested in, whether it's lifting weights, cool. Whether it's stretching, cool. Just nutrition, cool. Because your body's going to call to the rest. It, 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 I've never seen it not. And then it's your job to explore it or my, my job as a coach, your job as a coach to really like nurture that curiosity and get them into that next step. But don't don't try to start the 360 degrees all at one time at 100%. Like maybe like do 10 stretches in a week, do five minutes of meditation in a week and try to just eat one healthy meal if you're coming from like the, like the, the bottom of the bottom. Yeah, like you're just starting out. It's just too hard to, like you said, if you try to do everything, it's just going to collapse on you. It, it it will create more stress because yeah. it's not just part of your like normal daily routine. And like we all get busy. I mean, none of us are perfect. Like we obviously have our own wellness practices that we try to maintain in order to then coach other people. But like we don't we're not perfect either. You know, we just no, not by and any. it's like just a work in progress. And you just try to get back if you lose it you get back to it or you just try to be you know do a little better the next day but yeah yeah you know what yeah. are some um what are some long-term effects of like not doing this work like staying in the mm. space of compression like not stretching staying in that bad posture like what what are you seeing Well, I see a lot of grumpy people that like to complain, honestly, to put it frank, like complaining is, is compression to the mind, right? So when I see somebody that's totally unhealthy, they're eating food-like products, they're never moving their body. They think like meditation is, you know, hippy dippy or woo woo or whatever, whatever the woke terms are for it. (laughs) It. I see them have less patience and more complaints. And 
in this world we live in, you should increase your patience and lose your ability to complain because all compl- all complaining is is an active form of suffering. When you're complaining about something, you're choosing to wish reality different, right? In in my in my world, in my practice, whatever you want to call it, pain in life is inevitable. Like you're you're gonna run into situations that are physically painful, emotionally and painful. Suffering, on the other hand, is completely optional. Like you don't have you you can't wish reality different. Like if you have if you have a job where you have to be there for eight hours and that's the nature of the job, then you need to make different choices, not more complaints. Because ultimately those complaints are going to walk you out the door in a way you didn't want to walk out the door. So the byproduct of chronic compression in 360 degrees is a very unhappy and unsatisfying life. And the byproduct of decompression, it's not this like, oh, I'm free. Like, oh my gosh, I'm like a Buddhist monk, it's your reward of a, of a chronic decompressive life is the acquisition of tools and skills that will help you complain less and accept and surrender more to circumstances you can't change. And I I like to be clear with my clients about that is it's not, it's not you open the door and you live a, a problemless life. It's you, you are acquiring the skills and the tools to deal with this life and make the, the absolute best that you can in that. And I think people just kind of get social media, whatever, before social media was TV, you get this idea that there's a point in time in life where you're on the top of the mountain and you're never backsliding just it's not going to happen and that's that's not me being like crass about anything it's just the reality is we're put like you need stress in life to move forward if you're always winning you're not there's there's very little to learn so chronic compression unhappy decompression happy and like you said all we can do is give ourselves the tools to manage the day to day stressors, complications, struggles, whatever we're dealing with. I mean, we all have them. They're not going away. So either you're just going through like not, you know, not thinking about it and you're just like going through, going through the motions or you can gain these tools that can help you help make your, your life a little easier. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And like, we're both parents. And so it's not even like, things that are directly affecting your life. It's like when your kids go under distress because you know, they, they don't, they don't, they're just kids. Whatever, they don't have yeah. the tools or perspective. Right. You, you wear that, you know, you don't, nobody wants their kid to be unhappy. So it's, it's, it's that like in a decompressed, in a decompressed life, you're going to remember an instance where you were at and then you will now understand the tools of how to, get get to a higher place so you can grant your kids that tool you know give that give them that tool and it it just makes for that's my idea of a healthy fulfilling happy life is do i as a parent do i have the tools to teach my young how to accept the things they can't change 
and how to um, conquer the things that they can, right? And then how to navigate everything in between, right? And how, how you keep getting from this place to this place. You teach them a process of happiness and success. That, that for me is, and I get everybody's different, but to your point, we all have stuff that's, that's going to occur in our lives that may not even be directly related to us, but impact us. Yeah. And like, if we're unbalanced, then how can we provide a balanced environment for our kids? It's just hard. You know, we have to find like that grounded state for ourselves so that we can teach them, we can be there for them, be present. And it's impossible without these, these tools. Like it just really is. Yeah. And what I've, what I've learned in my going on eight years, I have two sons, one's 22 months, one is seven, almost eight. They typically learn from what you're not speaking to them. So there's that saying that do as I say, not as I do parent. And to me, that that's the biggest disservice you could do to a kid because they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not they don't program that way. They're like, yeah, okay, I hear you. But like when, you know, you're on the phone with your boss, like you slam your fist on the counter and I see, they see that they can, they don't need to hear dad's frustrated. They just see. So then next time they're in a situation that they perceive as frustrating, you're going to get that. But then what does the parent do? Hey, don't do that. Well, now you're putting, now it's like you're making them wrong for doing something that you're doing. So I, I always try my best, even even when they're not around. I mean, I think you are who you are, what you are, who, what you do when nobody's around. But as, when they're definitely around, like I know they're watching me, and that's that's fuel enough for me to be like, okay, I don't want to be in this conversation right now. I'm, I'm extremely unhappy because of choices that I made, and I'm always very very um, adamant about being like, hey. If I'm frustrated, dad's frustrated. And I'm frustrated because I made these choices. So I'm careful not to put my power into anybody else. We're, we're, like, we're going from corporate wellness to inside the home wellness now. Let's, let's, let's ride it like it's a wave. It's important though. Yeah. And so because I feel like if I'm constantly giving my power away, that's what they're seeing. So whenever they're upset, there's no power in that. So whenever they're upset, they're going to be like, well, my brother did this or my teacher said that. And it's like, dude, no, they could have said that, but you didn't have to, you didn't have to act in these ways. kind of thing. Yeah. I think we've, I mean, I think we've really like covered the gamut with the corporate wellness. We wrapped it up with the family at home. Um, obviously we could talk forever, but is there stuff that, is there anything we didn't cover that you feel like it's important to put out there? No, I'll, I'll recap the tips. Okay. For uh, Perfect. listeners. So the first tip I can give you is walk with your feet straight. Okay. If it feels funny, drop your butt back behind your ribs. The second tip is start being mindful of where the pressure map is on your foot. You want the majority of the pressure to be on the strong side. So if you look at this, look, I have my heel and big toe versus my heel and three other feet. So start putting pressure to the outside of your foot, not 
rolling your ankle outside, but put pressure on the outside. Okay. Every 20 to 30 minutes, get up and move your body. We talked about the shoulder tip, get a band or um, a doorway. You can use if you don't have anything, but a band obviously would be the best. They're like $5 on Amazon. Get up, drop your hips, your glutes behind your ribs, start with the band over your head and then pull it back down towards your butt with a nice proud chest, squeeze those shoulder blades and then let it back up. You're creating little circles in the shoulder. Nutritionally, you want to eat real food that was it, it, it was grown in the ground or harvested uh, in the earth. Eat that. Eat as fresh and real as you can. Limit the food-like products. If you're going to do any sort of a detox, start with real food. Try like a Whole30. Try this before you run into supplements. Supplements are okay, but they're not a means to an end. They're a bridge in nutritional gap. So you can't live on a supplement. You can't live off protein powder. Aside from your your timer of 20 to 30 minutes, make sure that there's at least five total minutes out of your day where you just shut everything down and you're just focusing on your breathing. Then don't be a do as I say, not as I do parent. Understand that your children model behavior more than your words, and they will honor your behavior over your words 9.9999 times out of 10, and don't give your power away in front of your kids. If you're feeling frustrated, communicate that with them, and then give them reasons by way of the choices you've made that have put you in that frustration. And those would be, those would be my tips and tricks for the listeners here. And if, if you want, want to ever have a conversation with me, oh, I'll add one. If you're looking for a coach, here would be my, my advice for you. Be wary of coaches that speak in absolutes. This is what's going to solve your problem. It's this way. So rigid, there's no room for rigidness because our bodies are all different. If you're reaching out to an influencer on social media, actually reach out to them if you follow them and then see what type of dialogue they give you back. I'm not prepared to say there's a right or wrong dialogue, but if they're, if you have a good feeling about what they're saying and it's not salesy and they're genuinely offering you a tip, I would say that's good stuff. If you ever want to reach me, you can reach me at my Instagram, Coach Billy Wood. Or you can email me at billywood09 at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to help you, even if you just have a couple questions that you want to ask me. Do you coach virtually or no? Yes, I do. So I have corporate wellness, but then my other business, lifestyle athlete, um, I do online training. And I, I have a CB&B system. It's called Correct Burn and Build in no specific order, just kind of, I meet you where you're at and we talk about your goals and I always offer you mindset, nutrition, and movement. And we go through this system. Typically, it typically takes about three months for you to have your results. But my guarantee is I don't stop coaching you. If you haven't hit your goals in three months, it's not like, Hey, we're done. It's, I will see you get to your end. And that, that's my guarantee. But yes, I do do online coaching, um, macro profiles, 
everything. I don't start everyone out with macro profiles because I'm sure, as you know, like that requires a little bit of food know-how before you can just jump right into macro coaching. Like I love the, there are certain coaching certifications out there that are like, yeah, get our certification. You can jump right into macros, intermittent fasting and all these things. And I'm like, my mind goes, well, what, what if it doesn't work? Then what are you left with? Oh, oh shoot. Like I forgot how to teach someone how to eat real food first. Now they're confused on macros and, and, um, that, but yeah, so I do. And I'm happy to help whoever needs help. All right, cool. Last I work thing. with a team too. Yeah. Last thing. Um, do you have some inspirational affirmation mantra or something that you can leave us with? So, yes. First, I would find your own, right? And that's part of what I teach is how to create your own daily affirmations. But I would say that – well, I'm trying to think of a good one because – I have a few, but my the most impactful would be in life, all we're left with is our interpretations of reality. And it's never about what's occurring. It's all about who you're being while it's occurring. So being able to let go of the things that don't serve you and that you can't control, being able to accept those things show up powerfully and make different interpretations, I think you would see a monumental shift in your quality of life because you're not trying to move an immovable mountain. You're able to just move with the wind. Perfect. It's a perfect way to end. I always love chatting with you. I think you're so passionate about what you do and it just comes through in everything that you you have to offer. So I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, you're here to help anytime I can. Thank you all so much for listening today. You can check out the show notes to find out important info from today's episode. You can also support the show by subscribing, sharing an episode with somebody you love, or giving me a review over on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect with me, you can always find me on Instagram at expandwithnicole. I really appreciate you all so much, and I cannot wait to share more wellness and lifestyle content with you on the next episode.